Welcome to Capture Q, an interview series showcasing the ideas and reflections of creators, academics, and entrepreneurs. We'll cover topics ranging from global affairs to the behavioral sciences and marketplace innovation. What motivates an entrepreneur? What drives them to continue on despite adversity? Today, our guest is Adam Cook, the CEO of Layback Co., an urban hammock and lifestyle brand based here in Vancouver. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thanks for having me. So let's start with how you guys came up with the idea for Layback, and after that, maybe get into how you guys came up with the name. Yeah, basically coming up with the idea of starting a hammock company was super random. I was hanging out in California quite a bit, and uh, the whole time we were hanging out in hammocks in backyards after having active days going skateboarding, being active, and we'd always have a barbecue and hang in hammocks and chill. Mm-hmm. And after multiple days of that, we started talking about how a hammock company has never been a household name before. And yeah, that's true. We do know a lot of like camping hammock companies who all focus on nylon, packable, really convenient for hiking and outdoors, mm-hmm. and then generic, casual, generic, relaxing hammocks that you buy in South America, um, but not necessarily a branded hammock company that's true like in in vancouver or even just canada or in general in the u.s right no mm-hmm. i asked so many different people can you name a hammock company and not a like maybe one out of every hundred people yeah. would name one and that person was into like camp like technical camping where they would mm-hmm. go on like a 10-day hike and carry a hammock with them and they, had all and they bought them at mec or rei or Whatever. And at this time, there was we were in a massive, I think there was maybe four of us in a hammock. And we started joking around. I'd be like, it's so cool to start a hammock company. And everyone started laughing. And we're like, yeah, we call it banana hammocks yeah, because yeah. of banana hammock. And we thought that was hilarious. And we ended up going on for hours that night about hammocks and how great they are. And this banana hammock name, which is obviously a novelty name. And then the next day, we went out skateboarding. And we were bombing down the street and a friend did a layback and I was just like layback I'm like that is the perfect name for a hammock company and then we all agreed and as we were having beers that afternoon we were talking about how layback would be the coolest name for a hammock company and uh, a few days passed and I was flying home to Vancouver on a plane I couldn't stop thinking about how rad it would be to start a hammock company mm-hmm. and then I came home and did a bunch of research um Definitely no household. I come from an action sports background, skating, snowboarding, all that. And there's definitely no hammocks in any of that, in that category at all. And again, asking people if they could name a hammock company. And every person that told me no, I was like, perfect. That's the answer I want to hear right now. And I trademarked the word layback, which somehow nobody had trademarked. Interesting, because it is a textile company called layback. Mm-hmm. So there could be a layback cafe or layback, which is fine, but there were but zero textile of leisure companies. wear or yeah, no clothing, none of that. So very cool. And because your background is, you grew up snowboarding. You worked in a snowboard. I think what was it? Second wave, not second wave. What is? Yeah, it? I ran second wave nice. in North Vancouver. Yeah, and for so eight that years. you kind of you know now the people you hang out with, they're all very. You know, into athletics and outdoors and you exactly. know, in Vancouver, which is so that probably I'm sure adds. Yeah. To it too. So my whole surrounding and friends and family, everybody's into, you know, outdoors or being active. And 
So it kind of goes really well with the lifestyle that that we live. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's very beachy. So surfing, everybody you know into snowboarding often goes in the summer. Yeah, to surf or I could a lot say of I surf, but we get to go surf maybe a few times a year, especially in Vancouver. So yeah, yeah, um, definitely the surf culture is a big part of it as well. Yeah, and you guys have a lot of really cool campaigns. We're in your office right now, looking at some awesome photos. So you do you go out to the island, you go to Tofino, and you kind of you know stage it as if this is what life would really be like and it has that cool surf vibe and the exactly a lot of really good friends are pro obviously skateboarders and snowboarders and surfers and so um with the brand layback i've i've brought friends on board and they've been ambassadors and part of the layback family for years now mm-hmm. spencer hamilton and sasha daly are two of my boys who have been there since day one yeah. And it's just been so great. We go on trips and they love it. And they're like, all we have to do is lay in hammocks. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is work. Yeah. And it's just so fun. It's so different from the rest of their trips where they're working hard to get skate tricks or throwing mm-hmm. their bodies downstairs mm-hmm. or, you know, it's. And yeah. that's what's really cool about your marketing campaign is that it's not just, you know, we were talking before we recorded, it's not trying to, you know, hire a bunch of models or, you know, just try to get these these you know big names you already have people who are genuinely stoked on the brand and who genuinely love you and what you're doing and and they actually use these products and they actually take them and they they love them so i think that as it's it's a cool marketing thing in that it's not that you had to go and do okay this is what the book says and hire these people and that photographer and yeah i just went straight off like my gut feeling and my vibe Mm-hmm. You know, awesome. yeah, I'm not reading books on saying what I should or shouldn't do, yeah. just what I feel that I need to do and what I want to do. Totally. And um, yeah, it's just it's been very grassroots. We didn't start off with lots of money. We didn't, you know, have a huge investor and have all this money to hire models and do all these crazy marketing campaigns. So mm-hmm. just through networking, having amazing friends as photographers and and sports action athletes and just great yeah. people. Everyone was on board. That's awesome. Yeah. Zero cost, basically, just supporting friends and the whole vibe. Which is really cool. It's what you want, right? To stay. Yeah. So after you you came home, you you trademarked the logo. And then how did you start to, you know, you're thinking of patterns or designs? Because you do work now with a lot of really cool people. You have the the Weekenders? Yeah, the Weekenders. Rachel and Claire, they're rad. And they're awesome. They make these really, they do illustrations and graphics and really cool stuff as patterns. And so how initially did you start, you know, should we just use a you know traditional pattern or how how did that process work? Yeah, it was pretty hard. The first run we did, I decided to do. I had a savings as well and a pretty decent size savings, and I'd planned maybe to buy some real estate, especially in Vancouver with yeah. our real estate market being on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but the entrepreneur in me, I just decided to take that money and start a company. Amazing. It was a crazy gamble. I paid for our first production cash out of my own pocket. Wow. We didn't have any loans, zero debt. And so we started with three. So basically, I started doing cotton canvas hammocks awesome. because we didn't want to do nylon hammocks because people are doing them. Um, we weren't doing woven hammocks because a lot of the generic hammocks are woven in Mexico and South America. So we started to do cotton canvas that we could print on mm-hmm. because at the time nobody's done a printed hammock yeah, before. Yeah, I hadn't seen it before. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we decided to do three and out of any print in the world you can pick, it's pretty tough to pick three. 
So we kept it pretty safe. We did a nautical hammock with anchors. We did like a tropical hammock with palm trees and pineapples. And we did an Aztec print, which was really fun colors. Pretty safe prints. And uh, so we just did three prints, 600 hammocks, and we launched them and sold out within a couple months. Wow. So that was our tester run. Yeah, yeah. So if that didn't work, you know, it would have been like, oh, shit, we pushed forward. But the response was amazing. Yeah, incredible. So from there, we just started pushing forward. And the second season, I did launch Nylon Hammocks, just even at the request of friends. And um, because they are so packable and light, you can take them in your backpack camping. Where our cotton canvas ones are a little more like luxurious and a little Mm -hmm. more chill. They do weigh, I think, four pounds. And they all do come in a cool little carrying bag too. Mm-hmm. But four pounds if you're going on a, a hike is a lot of weight, yeah. I guess. So. But they're really cool for obviously if you have them in the back of your car or your bike or even as backpacks. For they sure. Fit on as backpacks, yeah, really they're cool. great. Like mm-hmm. day trips to the beach or yeah. backyards, um, camping. Yeah. Anywhere where you're, you have a bike or you're going to be hauling some gear, you can throw one of these in. Totally. And, and we've yeah. been trying to also market like indoor hammocking. Um, yeah, you were talking about that. Do you want to describe the thinking around that? Yeah, so basically we've been setting up some hammocks indoors and lofts and stuff and doing shoots. Um, I've been to people's homes where their guest bed is a hammock. Amazing. And then with our prints, we tried to do really fun artistic prints, things that look really, really cool. So it's kind of like an art piece in your house if it's hanging. Yeah, One absolutely. that you could go lay in and have a nap or your friends could swing around in. Mm-hmm. Um Kids obviously love hammocks. Yeah, instead of, you know, kind of like a tree or not a tree fort, what did they, what did we do as kids? Those, you know, blankets yeah, blanket into forts. Tents is what I'm yeah, so say. kind of the same vibe, <laughs> but it swings around and <laughs> very cool. Yeah, you're off the ground, which makes it a lot more fun. Yeah. But indoor hammocks, I think, are great, a great, uh, a great thing to have indoors. And mm-hmm. it does make a great guest bed if you live in one of these little apartments in a city like ours. Absolutely, yeah. And I've seen, because you guys have just, I mean, stunning photography. That's Jessica, I believe. Yeah, Jessica um, Hunter. Yeah, she's great. She's amazing. I've seen photos of, you know, there is a hammock in, I think it might have been your old apartment or somebody's apartment, and it just looked so, I mean, almost... Yeah, like a, a tree fort. It's you've got the plants and the it's just very inviting. Yeah, cool. escape reality mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, people always say to me, "It must be amazing to own a hammock company because you get to lay around in hammocks." But the reality <laughs> is, I don't lay in hammocks that often. No. <laughs> very few days do I get to actually enjoy mm-hmm. a hammock just because I'm so busy. Absolutely, you do see from the outside a lot of these really cool companies. They they're they're just they're doing so well and they're. You know, they're so cool. But you've told me, you know, in the past about there are struggles. And I really do like to hear the other side of the story if you want to. Yeah, for sure. Um, the main thing, if you're going to start a company, you know, there's going to be problems. Mm-hmm. Like, be prepared for the worst because mm-hmm. it, it can happen pretty easy. And if it catches you off guard, it could sink your ship pretty fast. Yeah. So um, we were doing really well. We were into our third production and we actually um were invited on dragon's den Mm -hmm. which is like shark tank for canada it's a a show that bring on entrepreneurs and a bunch of venture capitalists you guys were hilarious on that if anyone hasn't seen the episode it's quite yeah it was season 12 the season finale we were the last pitch in the whole season um 
I didn't necessarily even want to go on the show. My business partner, Justin, decided it'd be a great idea. I was with my girlfriend at the time in New York for our birthdays. We shared the same birthdays. So mm-hmm. we were hanging out in New York. My business partner called me. He's, he was having lunch by Canada Place in Vancouver. And then he saw the sign for Dragon's Den auditions. So he thought it'd be a good idea to go over there <laughs> and audition, just winging it. And um, he went in there with zero prep and... His, he's pretty charismatic, so I guess he won over the producers. And a few weeks later, we got a call saying, congratulations, we're flying to Toronto to film The Dragon's Den, mm-hmm. which gave me some pretty big anxiety because <laughs> I was not too stoked about going on national TV. And we were doing really well at the time. Mm-hmm. And you were saying, too, because you guys are kind of more geared towards the, I don't want to say mom and pop shops, but the the smaller more unique kind of artisan shops at the time you that was your market you didn't want to be in the big you know massive stores that didn't fit the the ethos of the company exactly and going on dragon's den obviously the venture capitalists they just want to make money so their first thing is like let's go in costco and national tv my business partner's like we don't want to be in costco (laughs) which was pretty amazing it's incredible and we received so many emails from people that watch the show being like good for you like to say that on tv mm-hmm. is huge like yeah. but it made people respect our brand more and kind of give them a better idea of what we're about yeah um, and so after that you guys had an overwhelming i mean everyone got to see the product and it was an overwhelming response of excitement and so if you wanted to go yeah, from there what so happened we had like within two days we had more online sales than we had in two years wow our show aired on April 20th. Our production was supposed to land April 28th. So mm-hmm. it was a week after it aired. And so we got all these online sales coming in. Everything was great. Um, we had all these pre-books. Majority of our production was pre-bought already. So we were in a really, really good place. We are just on Dragon's Den. We did do a deal on Dragon's Den with some of the dragons. And they made us look really, really good on TV for sure. And then our factory hit us up saying sorry your production is not going to be there and that was it (laughs) like it's not going to be late from them it's not they're not sending it it's done their factory shut down and they were shut down due to um, financial reasons they were audited Mm -hmm. by the chinese government and uh, they were registered in taiwan manufacturing in china but not paying taxes and at that specific year the chinese government decided to audit majority of their factories in their country wow which just these practices have been going on for years and years Mm -hmm. and we just happened to get caught the wrong year at our biggest production as a small business we were finally basically on top and doing what we wanted to do and the floor fell out so our production got canceled we scrambled for a second factory and that factory was going to have our production for us beginning in June. So by now we're we're like a month and a half behind, which isn't still that bad, and, you know. And you've got customers. stores waiting, but they're also so keen about the product that they were yeah. willing to wait. And it's the customers from Dragon's Den were the vicious ones. They oh, were, really? They were the because everybody expected their product right away, mm-hmm. all this happened. And then we were putting out fires, like yeah. the emails we were getting every day about where's our product, where's our product. We had a second factory lined up. We let everybody know their product would land in June. And then weeks before our, the second 
uh, factory was supposed to ship out our production, they were shut down for environmental issues, <laughs> which I back because I don't, we don't want to produce somewhere where they're obviously, you know, not following the proper rules and policies for mm-hmm. environmental guidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is all, you know, you're learning as you go. And I remember you at that time and and it was very stressful. And to see you persevere and to go, you know, even what you just said there, it's not a bad thing. There, you know, these things happen and you know, we're going to find something better. Yeah, for sure. So we did find an eco-friendly factory. We've been working with them. Unfortunately, we lost a full season. So um, we had some pretty big corporate accounts. Um, Majority of our product pre-booked, which we worked three years to get there. Mm -hmm. And all of our money was tied up in this production that was not being delivered. Wow. So at the same time that summer, we were showing all of our our current, like the following season, the spring, summer 19 stuff, we had designed and we were showing at trade shows through the States, through Canada. We just hired a full U.S. sales rep team and um, it was their first season as reps and we weren't able to deliver any product. Wow. And all of our reps, even our Canadian reps, we st- they sold they did their end of the bargain and sold all the products. So we still had to pay commission on everything. Absolutely. We yeah. were sold out of product in Canada. So we had no money coming in and nothing to sell and just spending. Mm-hmm. So the following season, we had to sit on our product for a full fall winter. And that's when it got pretty dark. You know, they tell you in April, hey, product's not coming. You guys are kind of, you know, working to find someone else to to make the product. Um how did they just, I mean, obviously there, it's different countries and different laws. You can't just sue them to get your money back or how did that work? They The factory shut down. Yeah, the factory so shut down. So when they hit us up weeks before they were supposed to deliver, all of our product was, majority of it was probably made in their factory. But when they were shut down, their doors are locked. They they can't go into their factory. So I'm guessing that fabric was are just destroyed, all that stuff. Oh, wow. Um, and then we used a sourcing company. So we ended up going after our sourcing company to sue them. Mm-hmm. They went after the factory. Um, it was a pretty crazy battle. We ended up getting 50% off our full production, okay, yeah. which helped. But at the same time, now we're sitting on all this production mm-hmm. and we don't have anything coming in. And then the current uh, season, we started to ship majority of it out again. Yeah. And then start paying off debts that we um, yeah. we built up over the last season. And often, I'm sure people who, you know, they've gone and they've gotten their MBA or they just think, you know, if you follow this formula, that everything will work out. Those type of people might quit at this point. Yeah, there were, <laughs> there were a lot of times when I was ready to quit. Yeah. And uh, there's highs and lows and there's... It, we went from such a high being on Dragon's Den and dropping this new production and into the ultimate low. It's just like mm-hmm. you tripped and smashed on the ground and you have to try to pick yourself up, but it gets depressing, it gets hard. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we had a full uh, office staff we just hired. We had to let everyone go. Oh, wow. So then I'm back to square one where I'm by myself doing this. Mm-hmm. And so in this time, you're also, you know, you're you're doing other things for work. And so you're kind of now after work going and, and hustling even harder yeah, to so I had do it to on your own. Do and... some side hustling too. So then I was working double time. Come yeah. to the office when I can. Mm-hmm. Salvage, you know. The, Try to maintain the relationships yeah, if you can. Yeah, exactly, which I've done a pretty good job of doing. Things are looking really good now. This spring, summer, we have a new production landing. Awesome. Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? How did you maintain the ability to keep going and, and get out of it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know really how I did it. <laughs> I was, um, yeah, somehow I found the strength to keep powering through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company is an incorporated company. So personally, I could let everything go and walk away, but. It's my dreams to, you know, start this brand and make it successful. And things, the brand's amazing. People keep telling me you've done amazing job. Even mm-hmm. on the Dragon's Den, they said your branding and product you've created, you cannot teach that in business school. They're like you can go to business school all you want, but your branding and your vibe and everything that's just natural. They said you could learn a few things in business school, like maybe having two or three backup factories. <laughs> So when things like this happen, it might not be as hard. But I mean, I just learned the hard way. Yeah. I've been through like, you know, I probably put half a million of my own money into this company yeah. in the last four years. So I've got about a $500,000 business yeah. <laughs> degree, <laughs> hands-on, real life, doing everything from yeah. ground up, to like ground up to from production to sales to design to... And you can't learn that in in school. I mean, you, no. you can be told it, but you can't learn how to how yeah, to deal with that. Before our production fell out, I was hiring staff who went to school for, you know, different degrees or whatever. And I was hiring them to help me with my company. And I did not go to business school, but, yep. you know, you work hard enough and you know what you need to do. Mm-hmm. I worked enough in in. Uh, running a snowboard, skate, and surf shop and yeah. being in retail and just being around business yep. and working with a lot of brands because I did all the buying for the store. So mm-hmm. I got to know a lot of the people that owned brands. And um, Most entrepreneurs tend to be the type of people that they, you know, they don't really go in the traditional way. They don't, they don't go to school and, you know, check all the boxes. They just as yourself, as you yeah. were saying, you you have a passion and you know it's going to work. You want it to work, and it's got that authenticity, and it's got exactly what really, you know, launches brands. Yeah, I feel that um, most like good, really good entrepreneurs are risk takers. You mm-hmm. have to be a risk taker. I risked all my life savings on this company and mm-hmm. almost lost it, but I didn't give up. And now we're on the up and up again, and things are good. Our yeah, our production will be landing in a few months. Awesome. Um, so, are you now at this time going to trade shows and trying to kind of show what's coming up for this next summer? We'll be at trade shows. We'll be doing the summer trade show, and we'll be showing our spring summer two thousand twenty one. Oh wow, cool. Yeah. So our production that's landing now was actually product from the production that we were showing the summer when everything fell out from under us. So we had a bunch of fun collabs. Um, we did one with Spencer and Sasha have a hammock, Slow Tide, uh, Friends Towel Company, which is rad. We did a collab mm-hmm. with them. And our designers, the Weekenders, we did a collab with them. 
and we worked so hard. And this is the whole production we weren't able to, we were supposed to launch it a year ago. Yeah. But what's neat about it is that all of these companies and these designers and, you know, these individuals, they're all still doing their thing. So the excitement around that isn't lost because you've yeah. seen it before, but, and it's you know, been, we haven't. Exactly. And it, it's made this production quite easy because all the prints were designed. Cool. We have thousand photos of the product that we haven't been able to show on social media yet mm-hmm. everything's already there so yeah. it was really easy I, I made some changes to our hammocks and uh, made them a little bit better everyone will see coming out in the future the uh, changes and stuff but it made a pretty easy launch very um, cool just obviously nervous still because our mm-hmm. new landing date is april 21st which is seven <laughs> days from the one that didn't show up. The original one, yeah. So obviously I'm super nervous, but um, I'm, I have yeah. faith and it, everything's going to work out. This is going to be a good year. And when these hammocks land, things are going to be amazing. So now we're starting to design all the stuff for spring, summer 2021. Wonderful. From the outside, no one, if you know, if they hadn't heard the story, no one would ever know. And they get to see that, you know, unless they are the, the individuals at the stores who bought it, but the people who are just fans of the aesthetic of the brand or, you know, they've bought products in the past and they're fans and they'll be just. Yeah, for excited. sure. And I didn't mention earlier, but every uh, brick and mortar store we've sold to the Fairmont Hotel, we sold to Indigo Bookstore. Um, we've had the Vale Group, like a bunch of corporate companies, and nobody has sold hammocks ever. Every account we have to date, it, this is their first hammock they've sold. And the reason they are selling hammocks is because just our brand. They just want to sell the brand. Mm-hmm. They've These companies, a lot of them have been in business for 20, 30 years, and they've never carried hammocks. And they see our brand, and they're so... I feel like I'm doing, accomplishing what I wanted to accomplish, making it a household brand where now you can go to the Fairmont Hotel in Vancouver and see our hammock in their gift shop, which is pretty crazy. And you guys did another cool collaboration with Lone Tree Cider. They used hammocks for displays. uh, Yeah. So we did a collab with Lone Tree Cider, which was Mm -hmm. great. Um, Who doesn't like drinking alcohol in a hammock? It goes hand in hand. (laughs) Absolutely. So we did a collab with them, and they were giving away uh, hammocks in all the liquor stores across Canada. Fun. Which was rad. Yeah. And it was great marketing for us. They loved them. They turned out great. Awesome. So I'm hoping in the future, too, to do more collabs with with, um, Mm -hmm. alcohol brands or any liquid brands or, you know. Yeah. Lifestyle. Lifestyle, yeah. Totally, and hanging out by the fire, having... Yeah, exactly. It works. Awesome, yeah. (laughs) I guess um, you... This is jumping ahead, I'm sure, after we just talked about all this, but would you ever do... You you kind of mentioned doing a little bit of apparel. Is that something that you're looking to in the future? Yeah, we're going to do a little bit of apparel and see how it goes. I feel like people really... We've done a few t-shirts and a few hats. We haven't pushed them online or anything. We've just kind of done really, really low key launches and people love it. Yeah. People like the name layback, our logo. We really killed it with the logo Mm -hmm. and and people keep asking us to make clothing. I remember you saying the, the Gen Z or what are we? Gen Y? Gen Z? (laughs) Millennial. I'm trying not to say millennial. (laughs) The millennial Tommy Bahamas. Yeah, yeah. The dragons, they all compared us to the young, hip Tommy Bahama. Very cool. Um, We do have plans to launch other product. We do have a tote bag coming out this summer with a hidden beach blanket in the tote bag. And um, we've also been working on beach chairs. 
So we will grow our line for sure. Mm-hmm. We right. plan to be a little more ahead by now, but the circumstances kind of push us back. Yeah, but it's still in the works. But I like being a young Tommy Bahama. Yeah. I like that vibe. Very cool. I'm a fan. Yeah. And I do like, you know, obviously that we've been talking a lot about surfing and beach vibe, but the idea that you can have all of these items in a city and, you know, it is very urban and you can hang your hammock, you know, we're sitting in Chinatown. There's a lot of offices where you could have a rooftop patio or, you know, a lot of people in New York who For sure. have access to their roofs and they could hang a hammock there too. Uh, yeah, we've done rooftop shoots and that's what we want to promote more. Um, just showing people that you don't need to be in the surreal camping spot or on vacation to lay in a hammock. Mm-hmm. Like it could be part of your day-to-day activity whether it's like you go on your lunch break and set up in a a city park or we've even set up hammocks like right downtown at the art gallery in the middle of the hustle and bustle and you could set up a hammock and read a book for a half hour forget about all the chaos going on around you awesome i yeah there was a i think it was photos but i you guys just hopped on your bikes and you went down to one of the parks in Yale town and you just set it up and Spencer and I have done that ourselves. You hook it around and it's just super yeah. easy to set up and sit in it for an exactly. Hour or two and-, and we do some, we made some rigging, a rigging system that's oh, really cool. easy to use. Uh, starting a hammock company. I realized that a lot of people aren't able to tie or they can tie a knot, but they just don't feel safe in the knot that they tie yeah. to lay in, a, lay in the hammock. Um, so we did make a really quick, easy to use rigging system it's braided paracord with a wooden toggle on the end oh neat and you can we've timed it and i've been able to set up a hammock in 40 seconds oh wow (laughs) very cool so it doesn't take rather than remembering all your knots yeah no (laughs) knots needed (laughs) at all so you just wrap the paracord around the tree or the post or whatever and then the wooden toggle will go through any point of the paracord very cool it'll hold you up because yeah I always tell people if you can't tie a knot, tie a lot. So it's just there like, you go. <laughs> but people are scared of knots. We're not yeah. all sailors. Oh, of course. Yeah. I, and I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's not a, you, you want to feel safe. And I'm sure you, as the person making hammocks, want to make sure yeah. that there are, you know, we just want people to let the hammock into their day to day life a little awesome. more. Because it is there. And like I said, you don't need to be on a camping trip or yeah. on vacation to lay in a hammock. What uh, what what gets you excited every day to wake up and do what you do? Just the passion of of creating things for people and seeing them enjoy the product. Awesome. That's the biggest for me. I mean, it's through everything we've went through. Trust me, there's days when it's really hard to get out of bed. So it's not always amazing. It's not always mm-hmm. exciting. It is going to be a lot of work when people tell you starting a business is hard. They're not lying. It's very hard. Mm-hmm. So you just have to keep focused. You will come across a lot of problems. Just work through them. Don't get discouraged. Yeah. But be prepared to work your butt off. Because there will be things out of your hands, I'm sure. Yes, out of your control. Mm-hmm. Just what happened with our factory, you know, I'm not able to be in China watching everything every day. Yeah. So when you are manufacturing overseas, that is huge. Um, just meeting deadlines, getting all your production in order, mm-hmm. getting everything ready for uh, showing and trade shows. And 
Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's great. The reward is amazing because when things are good, you created all that and did all that. Mm -hmm. You get to hold in your hand a product that you've made. Yeah. But when things go bad, you are the person that is dealing with it. Yeah. People are coming to you. You're the anchor. So, yeah. Yeah. All the good and all the bad. I'm sure with (laughs) every highs are really high and lows are really low, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's awesome. It keeps life exciting. Yeah. You get to have fun and, and do your thing. And um, like I said, the reward is huge. Very cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having me.